Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with ECS DNA Kit by Endo Canna Health. I did this years ago and it continues to empower me to get nerdy with my cannabis choices, which you know I like. If you've watched our Cannabis Legalization News podcast, did you know that right now you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com? That's E-N-D-O-D-N-A.com and use promo code POD25. That is P-O-D, the number two, the number five. Your purchase includes the EndoDNA Collection Kit. Endo Decoded Report, Personalized Cannabinoid and Terpene Suggestion, Endo Aligned Product Matching in Your State, Suggested Dosage Guidelines, and Optimum Methods of Administration. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a BOGO offer on their Afeca Soft Gels lineup. Since so many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afeca Unwind created to support healthy sleep cycles using a patented proprietary formula of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are made of this. So buy one, get one, my friend. You can shop online at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at checkout to save 25% on your DNA test kit. All right, we are. Welcome. It is March 13th, 2019. My name is Tom Howard. I'm a cannabis lawyer in Illinois, and this is Cannabis Legalization News. Joining me out on the West Coast is cannabis uh, journalist, Miggy. Miggy, how's things going out there? Good, brother. How you doing? Oh, man, it was one heck of a week in cannabis legalization news. Let me tell you, I've gotten uh, a lot, almost a master's course on the hemp um, business that's out there. Last week, I spoke at uh, Hemp Biz Fest. I had uh, Rod Kite, uh, a cannabis attorney over in North Carolina. Have you ever heard of a cannabis attorney in North Carolina? Well, I saw your fucking interview with that guy. It was quite, uh, it was, a, it was uh, eye-opening. Like you said, a cannabis lawyer in fucking North Carolina. Well, you see, the thing about that is uh, that in North Carolina, they have a cash crop known as tobacco. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of tobacco. Well, you know, that's my biggest contention as far as regulation goes. We can regulate tobacco, but, you know, with this, uh, we have all the means to regulate cannabis, just like Correct. tobacco. Correct. And so in North Carolina, as tobacco has fallen out of favor because a lot of people aren't smoking as much anymore. Now what has happened is North Carolina and also Kentucky, Kentucky is also a tobacco state. They've really jumped on board with a hemp train. And so when that pilot program at the federal level came out about the same time, the pilot program for medical cannabis came out in Illinois, uh, it was done in Kentucky and also in North Carolina. So he's gotten a lot of uh, cannabis, I'm sorry, hemp businesses from North Carolina. Do you know what he taught me? What's up? There is no such thing legally as cannabis. Oh, as far as like the uh, percentage goes of uh, THC or whatnot? As far as like a term of art in law, sometimes things are called terms of art. And so okay. marijuana is, under law is a term of art. Hemp under law is a term of art. There is no such thing as cannabis as a term of art under law. Marijuana is a term of art and it's spelled with an H, you know, it goes way yeah. back to the 1930s. It's spelled with an H uh, under the Controlled Substances Act and it's, you know, Schedule One substance totally banned. And then hemp and industrial hemp is a term of art over under the Farm Bill and the, the pilot program that they've had since, uh, uh, you know, 2014. But there is no such thing as 
cannabis legally, it, uh, at least at the federal level. It has well, to do. Go ahead. I want to say, well, something like that, though, isn't that like kind of like by proxy where it's known that the cannabis sativa or whatever the Latin name is, the full Latin name, mm-hmm. it means marijuana. It's spelled with an H, especially like that. You know, it's already uh, intended. Uh, not necessarily. You see, when you have those terms of art, like you are creating a regulation based on what you define that thing as. So they define uh, a term marijuana, marijuana equals you know, whatever it is defined as under the Controlled Substances Act. There is no such thing as a definitional of the term cannabis for a legal term of art uh, under federal law. So at least that's what I was represented to by a man who's been studying it for five years. So I trust him. And uh, that's pretty fascinating when it comes to that. But hemp is continuing to be a, uh, a growing uh, thing. And I just I, more and more people call me about uh, starting to cultivate uh, CBD hemp, especially in the state of Illinois. And it's been great to be able to see that type of demand there. And he said uh, Rod Knight said that we have that situation where you have this demand that's up here and the supply is down here. And the supply is catching up. And as the laws allow that supply to catch up and in Illinois, we will be having it soon, but I can report as to the cannabis legalization news, still no final rules, still no applications for uh, can, oh, not cannabis, I apologize, uh, industrial hemp yet in the state of Illinois. But what have you heard out of New Jersey? Well, New Jersey is pending its final legal weed deal. Now, hang on. Let's back that out and unpack it, because what we like to do here at uh, Cannabis Legalization Nudes is educate. And so where are they in the um, stage of legalizing cannabis in New Jersey? Let's start with, is it adult use? Is it medical? What's going on? Let's see. Uh, I'm actually looking at the article right now. Uh, you got me. You know, I don't know if it was medical or recreational. I believe it was uh, a rec- uh, medical, though. Uh, I believe actually that's that they must already have medical, but it is for a full recreational vote. And uh, Governor Phil Murphy out there in New Jersey is supporting it. And so they hope to have a full vote for uh, uh, recreational use on March 25th, which, you know, we'll be talking about the vote in New Jersey, uh, hopefully in just a couple of more weeks on this station. But uh, remember, just because they have a law, just because they vote on a law, just because they pass the law doesn't mean that the next day the dispensaries are going to open. So it looks like, though, that uh, in New Jersey, they already have a law that they want to vote on. That's further along than in Illinois, where we're still waiting on the bill to even be introduced. And then you saw that article that I sent you yesterday about uh, Illinois uh, It's going to be the next uh, billionaire crop. You know, for cannabis, I did. I did. What do you think? Of, what do you think about that? Do you think there's anything to Illinois being a multi-billion-dollar, um, you know, industry in cannabis in a few more years? I think any state involved with cannabis is going to be a billion-dollar industry. Each state itself is a billion-dollar wow. producer. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, like, because you have to look at the population and, and then the size of the possible market that is in there. Now, with, with CBD and pharmaceuticals, plus the adult recreation and also the population of Illinois, sure, it sounds like Illinois is going to be a billion dollar state. But I don't know if Wyoming will ever be a billion dollar state. You know, there's just 600,000 people there. Well, with Wyoming, it would be more of a tourist industry, I believe, you know, something like that. You know, they're going to see they're going to reap rewards no matter what from both the production and the process. Uh, uh, 
you know, there's so many tiers of uh, people who are getting paid that will create an industry and influx just for the state itself. So maybe not a billion, but at least maybe half a billion. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a large industry. And I remember last year, you recall that article that was floating around, it's probably out of Forbes, that said in 10 years, the cannabis industry would be a hundred plus billion dollar in a year industry. Well, I know, uh, yeah, and then Washington, I believe within the year, last year was two billion, and Colorado's in the same range with taxes. Mm -hmm. um, I can only imagine what the black market, you know, I... <clears throat> I don't like it when these people come up with these fictitious numbers about like what's going to be what's being you know diverted to the black market when you really don't have a saying or a real concept of what's out there. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's a black market. How do you measure a black market? You don't really have the ability to measure it because it's 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 not regulated. It's all under the surface. Hence the term the black market. You can't see it. Uh, Something really interesting though, that did come out um, in the uh, CNBC uh, under their uh, stock market insider mm -hmm. uh, stocks making the biggest moves midday. And I never thought I'd see Boeing and the word cannabis in the same sentence. Wait, all I've seen about Boeing is that they got a problem with their latest 737 uh, Max E or Max whatever number it is that is so sophisticated that its software might be causing uh it to drop out of the sky. What happens? Uh, what does that have to do with cannabis? Well, I, I think it's just one of the bigger markets is what they're saying. So they mentioned three companies in a row in the headline, of course. But uh, Aurora Cannabis went up 10%. And I believe that's a Canadian company. It and is. then Boeing dropped 0.37 because of the, what you're talking about. So just the fact that these two uh, industry uh, and JP Morgan, again, it's in that same article. Uh, Having a cannabis company mentioned along with all these other 501, you know, uh, fortune companies, I think is just uh, an awesome thing and gets us closer to the legalization of it. Well, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's it's becoming it, it's accepted. I mean, it's not just accepted. It's it's being looked at as if it is a legitimate business. And one of those legitimate businesses that the laws are actually penalizing it um, unjustly. And so now that we have all these states lining up to uh, not only adopt hemp laws, but also adopt uh, adult use laws, it takes time simply because you're, you're creating an entirely new regulatory framework. And then you also have to build, introduce the laws. You have to draft the laws, introduce them, vote on them, uh, have the executive, look, I got, I got Garth in the background, have the executive, um, <laughs> now, hard at work here, hard at work setting up the smart TV and uh, have the, uh, the executive sign it into law and then they, they turn it over to the executive authorities that are then going to make the rulemaking process. So the, the statute might be, oh, let's just pick a number out of the air, 50 pages long, but then the um, regulations that are carrying into, the, into effect that statute through the uh, the executive branch, that might be 200 pages long. And the, the companies have to comply with all of it. So I see a lot of parallels between the cannabis industry and the uh, the healthcare industry when it comes to uh, overly burdensome regulations. Oh yeah, that's definitely a, a case. So you got a question, it's uh, from uh, Engineering Cannabis. How do you see regulation for the alcohol industry when these industries infuse cannabis in their goods? Yeah, that is something. I have a friend and I, I've been talking to people and I've heard from them as the uh, 
cannabis, not just cannabis. Let's let's be uh, legalistic, as if not talking about the botanical term cannabis, but actually talking about the ter- the legal term of art, hemp. So CBD hemp coming online for uh, brewing it with beer, uh, you know, because interestingly enough, what are what two plants are used for both brewing beer and also growing cannabis, and they're in the same family, hops and and cannabis. So they want, and there's businesses out there that want to start making these types of brewed drinks that will have not just alcohol, but also um, CBD, maybe in the, the long ter- longer term future, uh, THC. I haven't seen any regulations or any rules that say you can't do it, but I would imagine that it would be it would be something that I would need to like look into more and I could see there being like issues. But what happens like with the, the regulations that a lot of states have on the books currently for your uh, your brew pubs or your small craft brewers? Those have really exploded because of changes in regulations. So now are those craft brewers going to be able to meet up with the, uh, the cannabis growers and, and infuse CBD? Uh, because I, I would see CBD first more than the THC because of the, the synergistic effects between the THC and the, and the alcohol. But I don't know, man, it could get fun. Well, I know um, locally in Washington state <clears throat> on the underground side of things, there are people using uh, cannabis as the hops, you know, so there are uh, brewmasters out there that you can't buy it in the store, but um, I have yet to enjoy the, uh, the awesomeness of this drink and see what it would be like. But there are on the market, uh, like you were saying, uh, CBD infusions, and then there are some uh, uh, full spectrum, uh, uh, kind of like a, a, a liquid, uh, say like a little vial that you'll put into a drink and mix it up and, and give you an infused oh. drink. Oh, no. Uh, you know, that reminds me of those. Dis- and I think they're gross. I'm not sure if other people out there uh, think they're gross, but um, they were called like Mio and other stuff. They were just basically little flavor squirt things that you could then take and then squirt into whatever drink that you were having, whether it was water or something else. It was just like, that is, that's weird. Maybe they're doing uh, stuff like that, but like with tinctures, I've seen a lot of tinctures for uh, full spectrum CBD extracts or even with uh, medical cannabis. And those you could very easily mix into any drink, you know, put it in your coffee yeah. or tea or in theory, your beer, it might, it might taste bad. I don't know. Well, here people, a lot of people like to buy their edibles or um, they have questions about like uh, dosages. And we also, they offer uh, in the stores uh, RSO, you know, like a full syringe of RSO. Uh, and, just uh, let's, let's unpack the RSO for some of the people that don't understand what that yeah. means. So uh, the RSO is, uh, it's just a generic term for Rick Simpson oil, which has to do with the, the man behind who helped spread uh, uh, about the tinctures. And because uh, I mean, it really... The process itself is just a thousand-year-old process, just like everything else with cannabis. You know, uh, uh, any extraction, uh, breaking down of its components. It's a form of, like, hash, I, I, I try to tell people, or concentrates. You know, and that's what Rick Simpson oil essentially is, is liquid concentrate that people can mix with their food. And that's where I was going with it is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell people, buy the tube, and then uh, to, to, to kind of judge on how you feel and what you like, because that's where you can add, like, a – uh, a fingertip full to uh, not get overwhelmed by the taste of, of cannabis and have the effects as well. Interesting. So Rick Simpson's oil is essentially one of the first full spectrum extracts. It was really uh, not even on the market. It was it was quite 
quite often had to be black market because there just wasn't the the regulations weren't where they are now. And I think the Rick Simpson oil really did, uh, and it's even got the acronym now RSO, which I've heard. But uh, how long ago was the? Did you hear of Rick Simpson? Because like it did come up for me with the expansion of the internet and YouTube and whatnot. But YouTube's only 13, 14 years old. When did you first hear Rick Simpson oil? Um, that'd be it, uh, right in the inception of YouTube and whatnot, because he was doing uh, demonstrations on extraction. And even then, I wasn't really into the processy or I'm more into the um, uh, the people preaching the word. You know, he was talking about full spectrum and he was treating uh, cancer, you know, and people go nuts when you talk about treating cancer with uh, cannabis. Uh, they matter of fact, they think you're, you're joking when it's actually been proven that cannabis can kill some cancer cells. It, you know, it makes the cells kill itself. Um, right. But like a lot of things can kill cancer, I think, is one of the rejoinders that you hear on that. But um, cannabis is an antioxidant. So, it, of course, it's it's going to to help with that. But it, I don't know how effective. I mean, I, hopefully more people can give us more information about the efficacy of cannabis when it comes to to cancer. I thought the real upside for using uh, cannabis when it came to cancer was for helping with your appetite and your nausea levels, but maybe also management with pain. But uh, I, I recall this Rick Simpson saying like, no, no, you can use cannabis to help actually actively treat your cancer as if it was a, a, a form of chemotherapy. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't swear by it. Um, I, my, my, my dad died from stomach cancer and uh, I really wish he would have tried it. I mean, anything, I think anything natural, if you can fucking try it, and if it gives you fucking five extra minutes, why not? <laughs> right, know? there's there's that. But then the other problem is we don't necessarily know because of what the laws have been for the past 80 years. You haven't been able to study the benefits. I mean, you just said let's – and Rick Simpson Oil is out there with all these people that are trying to treat their can cancer with it, but you can't study its benefits because of the current classification of cannabis under the Controlled Substances Act, you are only allowed to study the harms associated with the drug, with, with the plant. You weren't allowed to study any possible benefits that may be out there regarding uh, it to uh, it it being cancer, you know, killing cancer. Well, I mean, there are patents out there that show it does, uh, like like with six six three oh five oh seven, right. But I thought that was cancer as a neuroprotectant and an antioxidant. And I realize antioxidant means that, you know, it, it destroys free radicals. And if if that is the theory of cancer, that's actually right. You know, is these these free radicals that are in your body and they create uh, a mutation and that turns into a tumor. Sure. But um, and then therefore an antioxidant would help it. But I cancer is a very complex disease and I'm not a medical doctor. I have no idea. I still think it's ridiculous that you're not able to have scientists study it. Oh, well, I mean, how long did it take uh, Dr. Sue to be able to, to use to test for PTSD treatment? I have I think no idea. Got, how long did it take? About two years. It took her to get, cause she got, uh, she was in a U of A in Arizona and mm -hmm. uh, they granted her permission first and then they pulled it. And so she went through another, two years of legal rigmarole just to be able to tr say, Hey, I want to just treat veterans with PTSD. Wow. That's, that's ridiculous because what was she doing? She was trying to find 
the benefit. She wasn't trying to find the, um, the harm. And let me just share my screen real quick on this. Hopefully I'm sharing this one. And then let me hit the yield full. And like you sent me this earlier because we were just talking about um, uh, this very thing. Like this guy has pancreatic cancer and he's at a hospital and he's got a high CBD content. I believe this video came out of Missouri, right? Uh, this is the, the stage four cancer patient. I mean, so you're the one your video's not showing on YouTube. I'm looking at YouTube and I'm seeing myself. Oh my gosh, really? Uh, <laughs> what about now? Hold on, let's wait for a second. I'm like a five second delay. Well, everything is kind of like a five second delay. I'm kind of worried that YouTube will. Oh, there, there, there he is. All right, great. So, <laughs> so like this guy, like you know, he's trying to treat his cancer with. Uh, I believe this is in Missouri, where they they have low THC CBD oil, and this guy is you know he's rifling through his stuff, and he's he's in a hospital. What does he expect that's going to happen? I mean, well, what's disgusting too about this whole situation? It's in Missouri. They just passed uh, uh, medical marijuana, but mm -hmm. when you watch this video, and of course the, the man's outraged. They're detaining him. They're 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 in, you know, they're uh, they're uh, um, disrupting his day, his life. And when he says, I'm going to go to jail, they say, no, we're just going to give you a ticket if we find marijuana. Are you fucking kidding me? You do all that trashing his fucking luggage and all the shit they do just for a ticket? Got to get that revenue, man. I, I, it's, it's sad to, to see these uh, law enforcement. And this is why I'm into slut shaming law enforcement for fucking arresting people on cannabis. Low hanging fruit. Low hanging fruit. It's easy for them to go through and do that. I mean, he's got stage four cancer. It's not like he's going to fight back. But uh, I, you know, there you go. We have somebody there who's using cannabis medically in uh, Missouri, which I, I'm not sure how I'm not that familiar with their laws. But I, I thought from what you said on this one is this guy is, yeah, only CBD, which is legal in Missouri. So this is a, a hemp extract. This isn't even, you know, quote unquote marijuana. So that they would go through that and and invade their rights on that and and who even narked them on you know was this did did some nurse narc on them or or what and why do we <laughs> use why do we use the term narc anyway? Well, it's just sad too that they claimed that they smelled it from his room and uh, uh, he said he took two capsules so there was no way they could have smelled it from his room they must have heard them talking right. about it. Right, um, you know, but then that's the thing. I mean, he okay, so it's CBD extract, so he took two capsules. And they smell it. I mean, it'll be one thing, and CBD smokable flower is kind of a cool uh, growing market that I've seen, but it's not that he said I had CBD smokable flower and I was smoking it in my room and therefore it would smell just like uh, you know marijuana versus hemp would smell because it's the same plant. It was a capsule. Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. So we got two comments. Uh, one is, uh, from Medical Cannabis Outreach, not all dispensaries will carry Rick Simpson oil, but they do have similar strains to it. And the next comment is Rick Simpson oil is just old swag he had years ago that he made into oil. It's not a strain, which we both know it's not a strain. We didn't say it was a strain. Yeah. Is it, what is it? Is it an extraction process? It's just the extraction process. Uh, I believe Rick Simpson oil uses alcohol, a high level of a, a, a medical grade oh, yeah. alcohol. Let me, let me, why don't you keep explaining Rick Simpson oil? Hang, hang on a second. Yeah, sure, no problem. So let me let me get into this. Uh, oh, I hear your person. No, he shouldn't have been calling me right now. I, I, 
Okay. She's not supposed to call right now. Take a message. Can, uh, I can hear hey, you. I'm sorry about that. I uh, <laughs> I actually had some work come in. What are you laughing at? No, I just wasn't sure if the the viewer could hear me because I could hear you. I tried to drop. I tried to drop the microphone, and that's the thing. Like, you know. Do you, do you really think clients give two craps that I'm on? I'm trying to do a live feed about cannabis legalization news. Of course not. They don't think, you know what people care about themselves. And uh, so evidently somebody's like, oh yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to call him right now. And, you know, I, I always try to plan around this, but then at the same time, it's, it's just, if you really want to be busy, uh, do a good job and people will just keep calling you and calling you. And it's, what am I complaining about? Seriously, that I have job security. Come on. Uh, but uh, I do think that this Rick Simpson oil thing is fascinating in that it's been around for so long and it is an extraction process for a full spectrum cannabis extract, whether or not it helps uh, with the, you know, curing of cancer or any health benefits for it. I'll leave that for other people. I'm just going to try to really uh, provide uh, insight and context as to uh, the, the legalization and the, the news related to legalization. Yeah. 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 But still pretty cool. No, it's a, it's a, well, you know, it, I think people are still uneducated when it comes to uh, the actual plant itself and like the dabbing uh, trend that's going on. Is, is, is that a thing out there in Illinois, dabbing? Uh, it's not that big anymore. Uh, it was bigger probably about two years ago when um, medical cannabis first started dabbing with like, uh, you know, the apparatus that you need to do actually do the dabbing, it kind of looks more like you're doing a hard drug. Because like when you're dabbing, you're doing these extracts, whether it's butter or shatter or, or whatever, where the extract is very, very isolated. Sometimes it's still in its THCA format. And then you would have to heat a nail. Uh, so some people thought that looked a little bit too much like doing drugs. And no, then it, 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 yeah, it, it does. It does look very cracky. And then what came along at around the same time or like on its heels was, the, well, they would take the the oil and they would just put it in the vape pens and those have exploded. Yeah, that's and that's what I was trying to get to was is like really essentially dabbing um, and vape pens. It's all the same shit, you know, uh, concentrates, whether it's Rick Simpson oil, hash, uh, uh, shatter butter different textures of, of the actual plant it's all a fucking concentrate it's all right. just a different form of taking it out whether it's bho whether it's uh, or butene rather whether they're using ice for like ice hash you know bubble hash or uh, uh co2 uh the plant has different solvents that create different byproducts hey man you know what i heard over the week uh with one of my hemp uh, conversations that i've had this past week uh gas chromatograph testing for CBD hemp can actually result in false positives for THC. You ever heard that? No, but what I have seen though is a uh, false, uh, uh, what is it? There's an article, big debate on the labs. Well, um, let me just give some background then as the false positives for the THC in, in uh, your hemp because gas chromatographs actually like heat uh, the uh, stuff that you're testing to, you know, a gas uh, to be able to test what is in it. Uh, and because THCA, which isn't prohibited, might still be in the uh, the hemp plant, what is prohibited is the Delta-9 THC, which, uh -huh. you know, you have to decarboxylate the THCA. So if you're using this gas chromatograph testing, then, uh, it, you know, your THCA is converting over to THC and suddenly you might go over that 
that uh, entirely made up 0.3 magic layer that is the, the boundary line and the demarcation between one lawful industrial hemp and federally illegal uh, marijuana. Well, you know, that standardization as far as like using chromatography versus uh, uh, spectrumography or whatever means of testing is a big debate in the labs because, like you said, you don't get that delta nine until after you heat it up, which can prove, uh, like you said, a false positive. Um, that's one lab issue that I see in all the states. Uh, another one that I see is what I was talking about, the false uh, – uh, it was false – positives for pesticides um that's a big issue that we're having out here huh i haven't seen the false positives for pesticides how is that coming into play so it was just a study out here because in washington uh our market our law is pretty uh it's pretty fucked up for for a for a human consumable product the only testing required is for medical if you were to say your cannabis is medical that's the only time you're required to test for pesticides and all the uh uh, solvents, uh, you know, metals and whatnot. If it's recreational, all I got to do is check for THC uh, percentages and, and put it out the door. Just just check for THC percentages. You don't have to, like, there's going to be strychnine in there. I'm not saying there's going to be, but let's say there's going to be, like, Roundup and Monsanto's glyphosate. I don't know the chemical names of the actual chemicals that they use for their, um, uh, for their insecticide and their pesticides. So none of that testing. Why that doesn't make any sense. Again, this is one of the things where, you know, legal cannabis legalization news might be on the air in another 10 years because the regulatory process will take, it, it doesn't stop, you know, it, it'll continue it to keep evolving. And sometimes they make these laws like this. And now it looks like they need to update that law for not necessarily uh, whether or not it's adult use, but what's the purity and what's actually inside the cannabis that you're selling. Well, what I see is because we were like an experimental state. We we're one of the first states that legalized uh, cannabis was the board that's in charge of cannabis. Now it's known as the uh, Washington State Liquor and Cannabis Control Board. Um, they were previously just a liquor board. But, you know, I'm pretty sure their experience with liquor was more intuitive than it was with cannabis. Because mm -hmm. what they did is they put business people and ex-law enforcement in charge of the rulemaking for cannabis. Where yeah, they, they know what they're talking about. Exactly. Well, they they created the infrastructure for the business, but they should have handed it off to the, uh, say, the agriculture department, you know, somebody mm -hmm. who works with uh, consumable products. Right. And that does make a lot of sense. But I got some bad news out of New York. It appears that uh, New York might not be able to have their adult use bill uh, in the budget, which is due for them by April 1st. So, Again, uh, New York looks like it's stalled over there, which is all right. You know, uh, well, with the New York, what's that? With the New York bill, are you referring to the Black Caucus? I'm not sure about the Black Caucus. What's this? The Black Caucus in New York. There's a, an article that just came out. The Black Caucus in, in New York, where they said that they are not going to stand behind approving the bill if uh, 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 minority communities or people who've been hurt by it uh, uh, are not addressed in it. And my contention is any legalization is going to help all those communities no matter what. You know, that's the biggest problem is having a law that's mixed against the law makes you a target no matter what. Right. And they're going to, you know, the, the weakest among us, the ones that are, are least likely to be able to fend off the, the state are the ones that are disproportionately hurt by these laws. So 
while I applaud uh, the Black Caucus in New York for provided that that's I haven't read anything about it, but that I, I do support the criminal justice reform of these laws. Um, there's criminal justice reform simply by getting them off the books. And then, yes, they may need to make subsequent uh, amendments and changes to the laws as they are on the books to take further remediation, yeah, remediation, remediatory. I don't think remediatory is a word, to be honest. <laughs> but I mean, it, like you were saying, though, it does take a long time, no matter what the law, whatever the process is. Uh, here we are uh, seven years into our legalization and uh, we have no home grow. Uh, no again, medical is the only one tested for a plant that's consumed by everybody. No purity uh, control. Yeah. So we have a lot of issues here and we have no lounge consumption lounges. Alaska just approved consumption lounges. That's the thing. I mean, imagine if prohibition ended in 1933 like it did, but bars didn't open for another seven years. That would be outrageous. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, well, you know, cannabis is now legalized. Everybody go home. Yeah. And, and then you can go out the, the jail door if you want. I mean, it's simple enough. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's not simple <laughs> enough because you're talking about legislating morality, which never works, but they, they try to do it all the time. And then you're also talking about uh, changing a long held uh, prejudice that is decades old and all the uh, industrial complex that has built up around that prohibition over those eight years. Oh, I'm sorry, not eight years, eight decades. Yeah, no, uh, uh yeah, it's going to be a long road. Uh, you know, before in Washington, I'm working on an article right now about it. Before I-502 is the law that made recreational marijuana in Washington state, we had medical cannabis since 1998. That was the law of the land. So you guys, were you guys the second? Because I know that uh, California was the first medical state uh, in 1996. So you guys came online in 1998. And I know it's always been West Coast first. So did you guys beat Oregon or... What? I believe so. I believe we beat Oregon, and then they just kind of caught on because because they didn't want to be the, la the last person out, right? And, yeah. You know, yeah. But it's amazing the, the the scene, the Northwest scene at the time when it was medical. We had uh, consumption lounges where people uh, purchased their cannabis and would consume on site. We had uh, uh, high two high times cups here, and they had consumption spaces. Uh, we had uh, seeds and sell and cologne for sale to the average consumer. There was a lot of uh, free market, free capitalist type uh, ideal scenario out here that when uh, they made it recreational, they were eyeballing a dollar signs that they saw this community. They saw these people making money and they, they limited the controls. You know, right now I can't get to I-502 unless I had a shit ton of money, period. Yeah, and that's going to be a thing. Uh, I'm not sure. I, well, any business that you start that has a capital uh, investment and with uh, cannabis businesses, there's a lot of overhead, especially if you are like in Illinois, where it, we have to only grow medical cannabis indoors. So right there, it's, it's like you can't just grow it on your land. You have to build a new facility. That new facility is in the millions of dollars. And it puts a pretty darn high bar um, to people trying to gain entry into the uh, the industry. But, you know, I don't I don't think we're going to go backwards. I think we're going to continue on the track that we've been on, which means they are, of course, trying to control it. And and what 
what's out there right now? How big are these cannabis companies that are being traded on the uh, the OTC because they can't be listed on the stock exchanges? Do you think that they're just locking up licenses in various states as they go legal? Oh, I know that already. I know some some people who were were early, you can say, innovators or industry people when it was medical out here. You know, I, I think a lot of these people, when a state is just medical, someone is still taking upon themselves if they're going to have a grow, if they're going to uh, be a part of the business. It's, it's It takes a lot of balls. And so um, you have these people who did really well in the beginning when it was medical, and then it transitioned to 502, and they converted over because they could afford it. And then now they're eyeballing other states with their branding because that's just where it's at in the United States, right? I mean, you want to buy McDonald's, you want to buy fucking Coke, and you want to buy it in any state you're in. And that's yeah, a lot you of want it standardized. Doing. And then there's yeah. there's there's a Garth right behind me right now from the Wayne's World where he's like, people only do stuff because they get paid. It's so so wrong. <laughs> and then now they're gonna shill for Pepsi or Excedrin. I mean, it's. Yeah, is that is that been the American way? I remember like even Hunter S. Thompson said something back in the seventies, which would have been twenty years before Wayne's World, which would have been, you know, which is twenty five years before where we're at right now, where uh, America, a nation of used car salesmen, hucking anything that they can. And I don't remember the exact Hunter S. Thompson quote, but yeah, uh, we are a nation of salespeople. Well, and it's you know, kind of where. Uh I get frustrated because people freak out about cannabis. It needs to be regulated this way. Uh, uh, C to sale is a thing. Um, but like I was saying, when Washington was medical, no one cared about the average cannabis consumer because they weren't even, um, it wasn't a blink of an eye for the average citizen. You know, there was all this consumption going on, but yet no zombie apocalypse because and no one gave a fuck because nothing was happening. It was just a common, uh, Cannabis was normalized pretty much, you know, like, hey, there's a market down over there. Sometimes the shittiest thing about a cannabis market in your area would be parking. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, this one goes out to all of our uh, fans that actually about judging from the uh, the analytics that I've seen on this, one in four of our viewers will make it through the entire cannabis legalization news episode. And this Hunter S. Thompson quote has been clarified and corrected for you. And he said, America, just a nation of 200 million used car salesmen with all the money we need to buy guns and no qualms about killing anybody else in the world who tries to make us uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. And that's about sums up legalization. You know, and that's why in Washington State, I believe we have ex-business people and ex-law enforcement. And I believe in Illinois, too, you guys have ex-law enforcement in charge of your uh, LPAC, right? Or, uh, uh, there's, there's, well, it's not just ex-law enforcement. There's also a lot of law enforcement that is in charge of it because each uh, cultivation center is matched to each um, uh, police, state police chapter or district or something like that. So one state police chapter or one state police district per cultivation center, and everything has just been very locked and centered, and everything has to be approved through the state level. So yes, they have really made it difficult for anybody to get in or out or or move uh, too fast but you know it's it is something i mean that's that's the business aspect of it. it one of the nice things about business is if you're doing it right it's rigged yeah <laughs> that sounds about like legalization right now <laughs> sounds a lot like our, our health system you know uh, we subsidize mcdonald's which is basically a subsidization of the uh, the uh, catheterization of your aorta industry and so people that aren't fat 
sick and dying really don't need a lot of health care and they wouldn't have been buying all those burgers or you know so i'm i'm a very very jaded and cynical man it's like i'm a lawyer or something yeah but you know i i think too once more legal i think we'll see as legalization progresses you'll also see pharma uh the, it's a holistic approach that needs to be more advocated i think you know we should have options yeah, and that's something that I've actually been seeing as well. I mean, you mentioned pharma, but I let's go from pharma to tobacco. It's another industry as well, and that's the thing. You know, as soon as you have a profit margin, you have a quarterly uh, profits to beat. You need those cancer-causing products out there because if you don't have cancer, how can I cure it? You know, if you don't have a heart disease, what what good is this stent that my company sells? Um, but I'm seeing uh, as a substitute good for uh, tobacco cigarettes. Uh, now I'm starting to see uh, CBD flower cigarettes. So it does it complies with the farm bill. Uh, there's zero THC in it, so it isn't uh, legally uh, under the term of the Controlled Substances Act, uh, uh, marijuana. It is industrial hemp. So are we going to start seeing maybe that will be something that replaces all these vape cartridges that are everywhere? You'll start seeing. Uh, cigarette packages that are just CBD hemp. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's definitely coming. I mean, the CBD itself is more beneficial to than a cigarette. Um, but yeah, you know, there's a lot of companies, uh, tobacco companies now, that are diverting from regular tobacco grows to the jewel industry. Like that's I mean, that's that, yeah, that's right. They're they're getting out of the the smokable tobaccos. They're getting into the the vaping, uh, you know, nicotine, but. You know, that's one of the reasons why I believe that uh, hemp pilot program came out of Kentucky and was catching on in North Carolina. Tobacco country sees the writing on the wall and they're uh, changing their tune all because it is about chasing that dollar. They have quarterly reports. They have shareholders. They have all those things that they want to beat on the top and bottom line themselves. So they are going to switch their business model. It's kind of like Nintendo. You've ever played Nintendo? Yeah. Do you know what Nintendo started with uh, in Japan all those years ago? No. I think they made galoshes. Shut the fuck up. I'm pretty sure. Pretty <laughs> sure Nintendo made galoshes. I mean, just I. Let's see, Nintendo galoshes. There's a lot of How companies did not start. Let's see. Uh, perhaps I shouldn't have tried to spell galoshes. That's one of the problems that I have. I can't spell very well. <laughs> <clears throat> well, you know the origin of Wrigley Gum? Uh, Wrigley Gum was a, uh, originally started by uh, the Cubs in 1914 because Wrigley Field was built then and it was already falling down. And they're like, oh, crap, the friendly confines are falling over. Let's quick stick stick all the stuff back up with gum. Now, that is that's wrong, right? That's not it. No, we're, uh, so they uh, originally were a baking powder company. R really? They, baking powder. They, they put the gum with the baking powder, but the gum was more of a of a hit than the baking powder was. Uh, let's see. Actually, Nintendo was founded in 1889 when it was produced to make handmade hanafuda, which, of course, is a Japanese word for cards. Why did I think they made galoshes? I've heard something that Nintendo, over the course of its uh, years, changed the stuff that it was making but uh, you know again not everything that you hear especially on the internet is accurate
which is why I'm not sure about this whole cannabis cures cancer thing. Is it is it possible? Sure. I you know when it comes to the medical benefits, I don't try to preach that it's going to be the cure for everybody. I mean, people use it for Crohn's. Uh, what are, what are the eight patients? One has it for glaucoma, the, the eight federal patients. Right. One has it for glaucoma, Crohn's, and then there was the bone the bone tumors that, um, what's his name, the stockbroker in Florida, Herb Rosenfeld had. Yeah. So you, it's known that cannabis does. And, and my feeling was, um, have you ever seen The Scientist with uh, Raphael Mechelum? The Scientist with Ralphio Macchio? The guy from The Karate Kid? <laughs> Raphael Mechelum, the... Um, the founder of THC. Oh, the the father of of, of THC. He's um, he's. I was going to say he's Jewish, but that's not accurate. He's probably also Jewish, but he's um, he's Israeli, right? Well, yeah. Well, he's Hungarian originally, but then he went to Israel hmm. when he was young. And uh, so I just posted this really great uh, uh, documentary on uh, him and his his uh, his uh, findings and whatnot and the, and the legacy he's had. Um, hmm. and I totally forgot why I was brought him up. <laughs> uh, probably because you know he he had something to do with the medical uh, studies into oh, uh, THC. So in this documentary, he talks about the endocannabinoid system. He talks about how it's linked to our nervous system, but it's also linked to our our bone structure. So the fact hmm. that different strains assist different people, my biggest thing is, is for people is to say you need to just try and, and write down with a journal how it feels for you because we're all different, right? Some people mm -hmm. take coffee and become wired. Some people shut down when they drink it. Some people don't have any effects. So it's up to the individual to know thyself pretty much. Well, it's interesting that the cannabinoid system would also impact our bones considering Irv Rosenfeld's uh, disorder that he has is it's his bones will actually make tumors. And so that's why he's the world record holder for joint smokes, because we have a federal database of all the joints that he smoked since he got on the program back in like 1980 or whenever he started. I'd be curious to know if he really uh, relies off of the, uh, the government supply, because from what I heard, it's like bunk, you know, I, uh, Oh, yeah, they standardize it to 3.5% THC, which, you know, they're again, it gets back to the, the government being somewhat crooked and trying to um, find any harm that they can. So they don't not deleted, but they dissolved or they diffused or they um, dis, you know, dissolution, dissolution of shares, I guess. You know, so they they uh, they took the concentrated cannabis because they could grow. They could they could concentrate it. I mean, hashish is, is forever old. Um, high quality uh, marijuana bud is also forever old, you know, decades, if not hundreds of years. So they could give him um, a high, high percentage of uh, cannabinoids, whether it's CBD or THC. But instead, they've standardized the, uh, the marijuana cigarettes that they give him to 3.5% THC, which is just begging him to be a, a chain smoker of yeah. these marijuana cigarettes, trying to see if it gives him lung cancer or something. Well, it's not just, you know, besides that, that, that limitation of 3.5%, I mean, uh, the focus of just the psychoactive on THC as being this negative impact on our, uh, on our bodies, you know, it, uh, there's just, with the implication of the word psychoactive, uh, THC is not, you know, just like when we talk about being high, you know, um, 
you know, there's a two different highs. There's a marijuana high and there's that heroin high that people talk about. And, you know, the mm -hmm. marijuana high has nothing to do with, uh, like, uh, losing your facilities. You know, you, I've taken a dab or two where you're like, whoa, I got to take a minute. But then you're mm -hmm. back, you know, five seconds later. Uh, well, that's, that, that is like more of a peak in a trough when it comes to uh, oral inhalation of uh, THC into your system and how quickly it processes through. So the, the, the big bifurcation between edibles and smokables or inhalables, whatever you want to call them, uh, the inhalables, their, um, their half-life is substantially shorter. So like you might smoke a joint and then in an hour be all right. But like, you know, if you eat uh, a brownie in an hour, you might just be getting, getting to the start of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's definitely, uh, you know, dosage is definitely something that needs to be uh, thought about for the, the new users and whatnot. But um, yeah, I think Illinois actually does a pretty good job on that uh, for the medical ones in the sense that they have standard. Well, they have, yeah, they have, they've standardized uh, a lot of the medical um, edibles to about 10 milligrams or they've tried uh, to make sure that the 10 milligram is essentially like one dose. And sometimes it gets more difficult when you have like tinctures or uh, whole chocolate bars or stuff like that. But they'll they'll still even like if you have like a whole chocolate bar, they'll try to break it into like 10 um, little sub chocolate bars, like a Hershey bar. You know, you've seen that where they have yeah. a little grid on it and then they'll have the grid. And the grid will be 10 little squares and they'll say each square equals 10 mega, uh, milligrams. Yeah, which, you know, that's our limit, too. Here is 10 milligrams per uh, edible, I believe 100 per box. Um, which is insane because California for the past, fuck, I don't know, uh, eight years, they have shit up to a hundred milligrams for just one little serving, you know, some insane well, amount. There you go. I mean, yeah, I just that's, think that's that, ridiculous. I mean, that, that's, that's where you're going to get the, um, the horror stories that just don't really do any service toward the, uh, liberalization of the cannabis laws. Yeah, that's true. All right, man. Well, I think we've done it. I think we've rounded out the week's developments in uh, cannabis legalization news. And I'm here to report still no bill in Illinois. It looks like we got punting in uh, New York. It looks like, well, we still don't have any guidance when it comes from the FDA on. Oh, that's a good thing to point out before we're done. Uh, I'm going to put uh, in the uh, in the comments. I'll give a link to the FDA is still accepting. Um, still accepting public comments as to the rescheduling or the descheduling of THC from the Controlled Substances Act. I just shared a link on Facebook about that. I'll be sharing a link also in the, uh, the comments here. The, the comment period does close tomorrow and then hopefully in a month or two, the FDA might give us some guidance as to uh, CBD, but uh, the FDA just issued some guidance regarding um, e-cigarettes and vapable tobacco. So that has taken them years. Maybe they aren't going to give us any guidance when it comes to uh, CBD for years as well. But who knows? Any good parting words for the good of the order there, uh, Mickey? Uh, you know, uh, we're just fighting a good fight, you know, every day. Uh, check out uh, weednews.co and uh, check out more on uh, Cannabis Legalization News on this uh, podcast. Awesome. I'll see you next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Central, which, of course, is noon Pacific Standard Time. Until that time, I'll see you guys later.